Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. So let's get into the matter at hand. Uh, we're talking about success. Now, I must admit, I really struggled uh, this week with not only this message, but this whole subject of success is very tricky. It shouldn't be tricky, but it is tricky. And one of the reasons why it's tricky is because like many other things that we have here on earth, we've managed to screw it all up, if you don't mind my English here. You know, like, for example, uh, you know, God made us sexual beings and we've screwed that all up. Come on, let's just say we have, we have. That word just is all messed up. You know, when we use the word love, that word is all messed up. So many different definitions and thoughts and, you know, well, success is one of those things. Not only outside of the church, but also inside of uh, Christendom, if I could say it that way, has this word really kind of got screwed up. You know, with the prosperity doctrine and, and the church saying, you know, if you follow God, you will be blessed, which is absolutely true. But then they define blessings as things, objects, money, separatitu, you know. Uh, I always say that in the Bible there is like so many if-then-elses. You know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then... I will heal their land. Then I will hear their prayers. So the if part is ours. Humble themselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways. The then part is God's. That's his side. And so like when we say, if you follow God, you will be blessed, that's kind of an if-then-else statement. If you follow God, then God will bless you. But don't define how God does that. That's his job to define that, not ours. And so in the same way, uh, this word success has kind of really got messed up. Okay? So today I'm going to do my best and, uh, and uh, do my best to help you understand when God talks about success, what that really means. Because it is important. And as I said last week, you know, God made us, God gave us a godly desire to be successful. He said the first thing he said to man was to be fruitful and multiply. Multiplication. To multiply is, is an idea of success. This idea of, of just Becoming more than you are is an idea of success. And he's, he put that in us. And there's nothing wrong with, with, with wanting to be successful. That, 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 that's a good thing. Um, you know, he says, he says the enemy, Jesus said this, the enemy came to steal, to take away from you, to steal and destroy. So the devil's goal is to defeat you and to steal things away from you. And Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life, that he would give you life, and that more abundantly. This idea of success, like being, like uh, having abundance. There's nothing wrong with having abundance, but we'll learn some more about this. But then he went on to say this. He says, what does a man gain if he gains the whole world? Now, if you gain the whole world, many people would think you were successful. Come on now. 
right? But what happens if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? See, if you lose your soul, then, then and in a lot of ways, what Jesus is saying there, he said, You're, you failed. You weren't successful. You failed. So we're going to talk about these different things and, and try to understand them. And, 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 and I may not run around like I normally do because I, I'm just really, I struggled with this because I wanted to give you something uh, that was, it's, it's quite complex. This idea of success is quite complex. Um, but I'm going to do my best. So forgive me if I fail. Uh, but I'm going to try to be successful at this. Uh, first of all, obviously, it's very easy. Let, let's just give a definition to the word. It's good to have a definition of the word success. And it's very simple definition. Success is a very simple definition. To accomplish or an accomplishment of an aim or purpose. I mean, that's success. So you set a, a goal, you set a purpose, and you accomplish that. You are successful. Maybe this morning you said, uh, you know, my goal is to wake up at 6 a.m., and you did it. You were successful. Amazing. Unbelievable. You give yourself a hand for how many here set a goal to wake up at six? Yeah, I was an overachiever. I was set my alarm for five and got up at 3.30. I don't know why, but that's, that's more old age than anything. Um, <laughs> you just wake up and then you're up, you know? That's what happens when you get older. So, um, you know, uh, that's success. Very simple, very simple definition. But now I want you to be careful when, you start, when we start getting into this because what happens is not only do we make mistakes, we, we think that being successful, you know, that will make us content or satisfied. See, that's the mistake. One of, one of the things that we do, we think that because we're successful, that will make us satisfied. But that's not... That's a, that, that's, that, that doesn't necessarily happen. Believe me, I was an overachiever this morning. I woke up at 3.30 rather than 5. That was not something that brought contentment into my life. Jesus was quite successful at the, the goal and the task that he had, right? What was his task? His goal, his task was to die for the whole world that the whole world through him might be saved, Right? And he accomplished that. Amen? Now, let me ask you a question. Did you think he felt contentment when they were whipping him and beating him? You know, Jesus died on the cross. I mean, not only did he have nothing, even the clothes that he had on his back at that point were taken from him. Everything was stolen from him. But yet he was completely successful. And I don't think it felt very good when he was hanging there. But I will tell you this, that if you set your goal properly, if you, set, your, if you set, set it right, there will be an inner contentment. There will be a, a sense of uh, something that will bring uh, something spiritual that will happen to you inside because Jesus experienced that. He was on the cross. He had been beaten and whipped and, 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 and he even said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I mean, it was tough on him. And yet, he, when he said, it is finished, I, I just sensed something in him saying he was satisfied with what happened. Like he had this, I, there was something deep inside him that like he had joy 
at that accomplishment. So, again, we, we have to be careful. And so today I'm trying to give you an idea of success according to, like, if I could say God's way, I'm very careful to say that. But I, I want to try to help you to be successful. And I want to try to also maybe even try to correct some of the thinking that I've seen going around in, 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 in various churches. I'm going to try to at least give you an idea of that. And so I kind of want to, um, you know, start out um, in, on the negative and then go towards the positive. And so that's kind of the idea here. I mean, first of all, to be successful in the way I'm talking, you, you have to invest in the right thing. Can I get an Amen. I mean, you, gotta, you don't want to spend your time and energy on something that is going to, at the end, be worthless, right? I mean, why would I want to do that? You know, they even, even in, 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 in uh, like, 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 for example, uh, someone who has, like, an addiction, right? Let's take, for example, someone who has an addiction, um, you know, you, you need to spend time with them. You need to invest in them to help them. But there's a point sometimes where you, you got to say, you know what? I can't spend any more time. They're not ready and I can't waste my time. I won't be successful if I keep helping. I got to just let them hit the bottom. You know, I feel for any parents whose uh, son or daughter is, is in addiction and, and they keep asking for more, you know, uh, and, and the parent just wants to, but after a while, it's like, you're stealing from me. I have to let you hit rock bottom before you're going to get help. So you can't invest in something like that. So you have to invest in the right thing. Now, there, just, just to start off, again, I said negatives. So I want to start off by saying there's some mistakes that we make in trying to be successful, and, and it causes us a lot of grief. So I want to talk about four or five very quickly mistakes that we make when we're dealing with success. Obviously, I kind of already said the first one is to aim at the wrong thing, to aim at the wrong thing, or to invest in the wrong thing, right? I mean, I, I kind of like this little story, so I'll just tell it. Um, you know, there was this fisherman, this, this, this fisherman, you know, like he was on the beaches out in Chandidesa, you know, he was just sitting there, just this guy, you know, he had a small boat, you know, and he was just sitting there, you know those guys, and I mean, they, they just, they just sit, they basically sit on the beach most of the day, and, and, and so the, these two businessmen came up to them, came up to him and said, hey, can you take us fishing, and so the guy said, sure, so he took them out fishing, and they caught like a couple of really nice tunas, you know, and, and, uh, and then they came back home uh, on the beach, and they were sitting there, and they were cooking them and grilling them, and, and the businessmen were like really amazed, and they said to the guy, they said, listen, you know what? He said, you could make a really good business out of this, this thing you got going here. He's like, really? They're like, yeah. He goes, well, you know, well, how, how do I do that? And they said, well, the first thing you probably need to do is advertise a little bit, you know. Uh, and you need to advertise so that people know that you're here. And he's like, okay, uh, you know. And he kept, yes, he kept asking two questions. What next and why? You know, why would I do that? And so he said, well, he said what's next, you know. And they said, why would I do that? He goes, because once you do that, then you'd, you need to make sure you get a good boat, a very, you know, a, a stable boat. And make sure you, you, know, you got to invest in that. He's like, okay, why? What's next? And then, and then the next thing. 
is, uh, is he said, well, then you get two boats, you know, and, and they just kept going, and every time he just kept saying, you know, what's next, and why, why, like, why, am I, why would I do that, and the guy, and then eventually they had this whole big, huge uh, business plan set up, you know, where he has, you know, consumers, and he's selling to hotels, and, and all of that stuff, you know, and then finally the, 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 the fisherman said, okay, why? What's next? Why? Why would I do this? What's next? And, and the businessman said, so that you could take a vacation and you can go sit on the beach for a while. Well, he was already doing that. He was already quite relaxed. He was already doing the very thing that they said uh, he, they, 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 that their goal was in the end. And so it is kind of foolish sometimes because we invest in things and we, we, we spend all kinds of time and, and goals on certain things when in the end, some of these guys that don't have any of what we're after are already doing the things that we wish we were doing. So see, success is a very interesting thing. You know, is it successful to be working 80 hours a week Neglecting your family in order to gain what? So we aim at the wrong thing. The third thing that we do is, this one really gets you, is we, uh, we allow others to define what success is for us. That's one of the reasons why I'm being very careful. Did you ever notice? Have you ever noticed? I'll go down this way. I tend to go this way. So I'll go this way today. Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed that God's not fair? Did you know God's not fair? You think God's fair? I don't think he's fair at all. I don't think he is. I mean, it's all over the Bible where he's not fair. He gives one five talents. He gives one two talents. And he gives another one talent. That's not fair. When you were growing up, when you were a child, and your father gave something to your brother and didn't give it to you, what's your first statement? That's not fair! Right? Why did God give Steve certain talents and didn't give them to me? That's not fair. And so a lot of times we define what success is for people. You know what? Setting your alarm and getting up at 6 a.m. in the morning might be quite difficult for someone. That might be something that they have to do. That might be a great success for them. No, sir, come on now. Let's be honest. My grandmother, when my grandmother was, uh, what, she died at 99 years old. So about from age 95 to 99, she, she was a very, very independent, stubborn woman. <clears throat> I didn't get that from her. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for my wife to say amen, but she is not saying that. Anyways. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and, and I remember when she was 95, she, she did not want, um, she didn't want to have, she didn't want people helping her. She was very independent. And so she didn't want to live with any of the family. She didn't want to be a burden. And, and then she didn't want to really live in a, 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 home, a nursing home. So she lived in this place that was like assisted living. And in assisted living, you're still on your own. The only thing they do is to make sure they check on you, that you're okay. And, and you know... But you cannot live there unless you are able to get to the place, the, the kitchen, to eat. 
And she told me when she was about 96, 97, somewhere there, she said it took her one hour to get dressed. And her whole goal was to get dressed to make sure that she could get down that corridor so that she could eat that food because she did not want to leave that place. That was success for her. For you, you, you try to define that, you know, for somebody, and you're in trouble. So we make a mistake, and we let others define what success is for us. So, you know, in, 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 in the church, you know, success is, is becoming a pastor. Ah, wrong answer. Let me tell you, that's the wrong answer. You know? Success might be just simply blessing the children, being a helper to someone, greeting someone at the door. That could be success for you. I don't know. I can't define that for you. And don't let someone else define what that is. Let God tell you what your goal is. The fourth thing is, so often we, 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 we make success a quantity rather than a quality. We do that often, you know. You know, I led five people to Jesus. You only led one. I'm more successful. Right? I lead, my, my ministry is this big, your ministry is this big, therefore I'm successful. We do this, and it's wrong. It's bad. It's, it's something, you know. Another, a, a couple other freebies. You know, another mistake that we do is, you know, we compare ourselves to others, and we base our uh, success on that. You know, as long as I'm, like, doing more than this person, or that person, or this than in anything. I have more money. My car is better than Wes's car. Therefore, I'm more successful than him. Well, Wes is actually more frugal than I am. He's smarter than me. He doesn't waste money on it. Whole different way of looking at it. And so we can't compare. And then and the, one of the biggest mistakes is, is that we, we, we make earthly success. We, we go after earthly success uh, and we forget the eternity, e eternal things. So we forget about being a, a, a eternity, a, a eternal success, which is very important. We only look at this life, not what the ramification is for the next life. These are some of the negatives that we do in success. So I said a lot and didn't say anything. So, like, what is the ultimate value? What is, our, what is our ultimate goal? What is the whole purpose? I mean, you know, it's funny, because obviously I think every one of us would say, you know, becoming rich doesn't mean you're successful. Can I get an amen? Amen. How many here, how many, raise your hand. I love people to do this. Come on, I'm not setting you up. I'm just making you think. Okay? How many here would say, money does not make you happy? Raise your hand. Okay. All right, now let's close. Now, now get ready to raise your hand again, people. How many here would say, when I said that, they also said to themselves, but a little bit more than I have would definitely be better? I mean, that's like almost built into the back of our mind. Money won't make me happy, but just a little more, God, please. We do that. And we have this built into us that somehow, I mean, you think that that whole money train, that whole success train, and it has come into the church, and we, we push that as if that is success. Be careful with that, because let me tell you, that is not going to bring 
the kind of success that brings happiness inside you. It's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. What about being successful at having deep, meaningful relationships? Ooh, that's a good success. That's beautiful success right there. Or having a deep, meaningful relationship with your husband or wife. Ooh. How about like being, how about making your goal to be like the best dad ever? You know, how about, how about being the best husband or wife ever? Not even depending upon them. Not even, not conditional about who they are, but say, I'm going to make sure that I am the best spouse that, you know, there's a goal. There's a, and, and, and success, I don't, I can say this, and I, and, and I know Rachel's in this room, uh, but I know my other daughter, I've seen them, they, they think like we're great parents. Like we're kind of successful at that. Now I can't say we're perfect, I didn't say that. But they think we're great. I don't even care if I was. If they think it, it's better, I don't, that's all that matters. I feel like, wow, I was successful at that. At least, you know, I mean, I could have been better. But they think I was, so that's good. How about being successful at being like the most having the most integrity that anyone ever had. How about that for success? How about having success at being the most honest person that people know? You know, Job had that characteristic. He was the most righteous. Like he was, I mean, he used to give sacrifices for his kids just in case they were doing something wrong. I mean, that guy was like, ooh, over the top. You know, these are, these are whole different thinking when, it, when we deal with success. So, so those are some of the negatives. Let, let me get into the positives and, and, and kind of what I like to do in, in, in trying to understand the Bible is to simply, uh, understanding how God views success, I like to look in the Bible for an example and then with that example say, okay, uh, this is a good example. Let me learn from it. And, um, and so it's really, really good when you find someone who's been through it who's had success in the things that I've talked about that are not really success and what their conclusion and how they dealt with everything. And one of the best examples, there are others in the Bible, but the best example, or one of the best examples, is Paul, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was an amazing man. I mean, I'm not talking about success after he came to Jesus. I'm even talking about before he came to Jesus. And so we're going to look at Philippians chapter 3. We're going to see a few things because it's really a personal, like a little personal letter, a personal thing about himself that he's, he's using to help people understand what success is and how to be successful. And so I'm just going to read about maybe four verses, a couple at a time, so you get the idea. He says in verse 5, he says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blood citizen of Israel, a member of the tribe of Judah, the real Jew, if anyone ever, had, if anyone ever was one. I'm a member of the Pharisees uh, 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 who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. So he's basically talking about, he's like, man, if you want to talk about titles, if you want to talk about, like, greatness, 
If you want to talk about even being, I mean, he was born in the right family. So he like had the family name. He was, he was circumcised on the eighth day. He followed like the letter, the, the letter of the law to the T. You could never accuse him of anything because he was like way up there. I mean, he had position. He had power. He had a name, a, a great man of integrity. This is what he's saying. He's saying, man, you want to talk about a Hebrew? I was a Hebrew of Hebrews, man. And you notice what he's doing here as he's talking about this. In many ways, this is, this is the way we tend to do it. He, he was comparing himself, his eyes, he was comparing himself with other people. His eyes were like on the earth, if you could say it that way. He was on the other man. He goes, oh, you? You? Come on, I got you beat. I got you beat. I got you beat. I got you beat. I'm the best Jew. I'm the best Jew there is. I'm the best Pharisee there is. Like when, when Paul, and this is the truth, when Paul would walk through like, you know, uh, Jerusalem and stuff, I mean, people would look at him and go, oh, there's Paul, there's Paul, there's Paul. And we see that, we see that, you know, we see that in the world, you know, uh, someone comes driving up. I, I remember watching this one uh, gentleman. He was quite a powerful man. He had a lot of money. He was very rich and he had a lot of possessions and, and, and like, you know, he pulls, I pull up. Right? In my X-Trail, and I get out, you know, valet guy takes my thing and he drives away and, you know, there's no fanfare. There's, no, you know, hey, who are you? Oh, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, come on in. But he pulls up in a really nice car. He's not even driving. He gets out and like five guys come over to him. Hey, how can I help you? How can I do this? I mean, right? That's Paul. That's what was going on in Paul's life. That's who Paul was. And he's saying, man, I was the, I, I understand, I know what it means to be on top. I know what it means to be like that. Then he goes on in verse six, he says, I was zealous that, 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 uh, that I harshly persecuted the church uh, and, and that uh, as for righteousness, I obeyed the law. So it wasn't just that he had the name. It wasn't just that he inherited. That dude worked for it. He worked hard. He was a hard worker. And so he earned it. So not only did he have position, but he could look at you and say, oh yeah? I, it was so funny. I have to, I have to laugh. Uh, I, I love Arnold, so I can use Arnold as an example. It was so funny. We were just talking about, I don't know, stuff, you know, and, and Arnold, Arnold actually, Arnold seven, and he actually like, he was using old man language. I was laughing so hard. He was like, Man, I'm working like 20 hours a day. You know, he, like, he was, you know, we were, it, there was someone else that was a little bit lazy. He's like, I work 20 hours a day, man. I get off one job, I go to the next job. You know, I'm like, he's growing up. He's growing up. Yeah, I know that feeling, you know. And, and like, you know, he, was, he works hard at what he's doing. He's trying his best. And, and, and so when you're doing that and you're working hard, then when someone tries to accuse you, no, I'm working harder than you are, man. I'm, you see, still comparing, still comparing to each other. So here's Paul. I mean, here's Paul saying, listen, I had position. I had power. I had prestige. I had, um, I had respect. I had honor. I earned it. All of the things that, that in many ways, we kind of go after those things. We want that. I, I want to be respected in that way. I do. I want people to look at me and say, yeah, he's a man of his word. Uh, he works hard. We all want that. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. 
Sort of. There is a bit wrong with it. Because we do these things and we want these things and we chase these things because in some ways, well, maybe not always, but, and that's the bad thing, we're chasing those things because we want a reward. We want a reward. And here's the mistakes that Paul was making at that point. First, when we get, when, 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 if, when we get out of the car and we want to be well-respected, we want to be well-received, you know, afterwards, like this message, you know, I'm going to ask, I'll probably ask my wife, how, how was that message, you know? And, of course, that's what I want, right? I mean, if you were here with B.J. Daniel, he, he said that. He struggled with that. He wanted applause. And he got caught up in that. And that's what he was looking for. You know, that's what we want. It strokes our ego and our pride. And, and it makes us feel good. And, and then it makes us feel like we're somebody. But see, our eyes are still focused on other people and on the earth. That's what's happening. And that's what Paul was doing. And then Paul was doing something else, which we all tend to do, and that's a dangerous thing too, is we take what we have done, our integrity, our, our work ethic, our righteousness, our everything, and we go, God, I'm deserving of heaven, aren't I? Don't I deserve heaven, God? Look, look, God. Don't I deserve heaven? And I would tell you that right off the bat, right away, right immediately, right now, if you are trying to take something that you are doing and you are handing it over to God as if that's something that will give you acceptance, this is the biggest mistake you could make when it comes to success. The biggest mistake. And this is what Paul realized. Because, see, Paul's eyes were always on man, and all of a sudden, one day, he was riding on a donkey. And he was zealous for God, thinking he was zealous for God, but his eyes were on man. And then all of a sudden, what happened? Jesus visits him in a light, and he sees, basically, he sees, I don't want to say he sees God, but basically like that. He has a revelation of God. And then he realizes when he looks at man, he might be someone, but when he looks at God, he realizes he is nothing. And that's when the, the conversion of his life, and that's what changes. And that's when he says, in verse 7 and 8, he says this. He goes on. After he said, I was zealous, I did all this stuff. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when it is compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And in this, he not only defines success, he defines what he has done on earth and what its value is. See, when he tried to take what he did and bring it to God and say, God, I'm the man, yeah? I know, you and me, you and me, but, you know, really me, not you. And I deserve heaven. He uses a word. The actual word he uses is he says, my stuff is crap, poop. 
excrement. That's the word he uses in the Greek. And when we try to take what we do and we try to put it up to God, it smells just like that when we try to use it for entrance into the kingdom of God. Now, let me say this. When he changed, he changed. He had a revelation. He realized that stuff was nothing when it came to heavenly things. That stuff was nothing when it had to do with having success on eternal things. Right? He didn't change his work ethic. He still worked harder than anyone else. He didn't change his integrity. He still wanted to be pure and holy. He still wanted to walk the way he was walking. But his whole mindset changed. See, he didn't go, oh, cool. I'm successful now. I'm successful because now I know it's God, not me. Therefore, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to sit around. Nope. He said, not that I have already obtained, but I press on to get a hold of that which already got a hold of me. I'll explain that in a minute. But see, this is what happens in success. You might be working hard at success. You might say success is some kind of thing that you're trying to accomplish here, build a big business, or even if you're trying to be a good dad or whatever, and all that success basically is kind of like this. It's kind of like this chair, and, and let's just, let's say that this chair is the, is the, the, the span of your life. You know, so this is when you were born, and this is when you die, and all the stuff you do is right here, you know? There's nothing wrong with being successful in the world and making money. None of that, it's okay, but none of that has to do with eternity, right? None of it really dictates success in eternity. So now take this chair, right, and line up 10,000 chairs that way. Jimmy's trying to do that in this room. <laughs> and then line up 10,000 chairs that way. Right, so now you've got 20,000 chairs, right? 20,000 chairs. How much time are you going to spend on looking at this one chair if you have 20,000 chairs in front of you? Will you even notice this chair? Would it even recognize this chair? Not really. You might, you might glance at it like that. That is your life here on earth when it comes to eternity. That's your life here on earth. And so you think that all this stuff is going to get you eternity. When God says, I can give you success in eternity, I want to give it to you. It's the only way you can have it. The only way you can have it is if I give it to you. But you have to ask for it, and you have to receive it fully without anything else because everything here is nothing compared to my perfection in eternity. Nothing. So if you want to be successful, if you want to be successful, you have to start out with thinking about eternity and then bring it down to here. You have to start out with eternity. What? Okay. Let me say it this way. Johnson, let's say that you could see into the future. I mean, it was a guarantee, okay? And you looked uh, next week, say, say next Friday, so uh, two, yeah, two weeks. Right? 
okay? And, and, that, and, and you looked and you could see the stock market and you saw this like nothing company and all of a sudden, in two weeks, that company was worth you know, as much as Google, right? Okay, you knew it, guaranteed, right? What would you do with your money this week? You'd put it all in, right? Would you put like a dollar in? I mean, you guarantee, I mean, there's no doubt it's absolutely going to happen. You know it's going to happen, right? Right, how much, you put a dollar? Nope. No, I, I put every single dime. A friend of mine actually did that, and he tripled his money. He knew it was going to happen. I don't know how he knew. He didn't cheat. He just knew. He mortgaged his house. And in two weeks after that, it tripled. He bought his house back, paid for his house. You know, he paid the loan, paid the house, and had an, a whole chunk afterwards. He did it. He knew. I mean, you'd borrow money. You'd borrow money and put everything down. You'd put everything into it, right? Because then you knew it was going to bring back returns that you could never imagine. This is what Paul realized Christ was. And he said, knowing him is of the most value. So I want to know him the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, as he says in, in Philippians. He says, I, I just want to know him completely and totally that I might gain what has already been given to me. Meaning, he was given eternity. Now all he wants to know is understand God. And say, when you take eternity like that and you put it into your life, you take the understanding of eternity and you put it into this life, it radically changes everything you do. It doesn't mean you don't work hard. It doesn't mean you don't, it doesn't mean you don't go after like trying to make money, but the whole reason for it is different. The whole thinking is different. If you own a company or you're, you know, when you're in a company, you're thinking totally different. What, does, what, what I do here has, a, has eternal value is something changes when you think like that. And then you say, God, what do I do? You're asking eternity. You're asking outside of your life. You're saying, God, what do I do here that will bring about eternal things? Now we're talking success. Now we're talking success. Now we're talking about a whole different type of success. And that's the kind of success that God wants us all to do. Not only to do, but God says we all can do it. He doesn't care if you have 10 talents or one talent. He never got mad at when he was looking at the 10 talents and the five talents. The 10 talents turned it into 20. The five turned it into 10. They got exactly the same. He was fair. He was fair with what he gave them. And he was happy with what they did because they thought about it in eternally, internal perspective. But the one only thought about himself, was only caught up with here. And when he got caught up in here, he forgot about the eternal thing. And that's why God was not happy with him. So I want you to do, I want, I want, I want you to, I want, I don't know how to say it. 
He says, well, I'll just give you one more scripture. He says in, 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 in chapter uh, 3 of Philippians, verse 9, 8 and 9, he says, For his sake I discarded everything else. I counted all as garbage so that I might gain Christ and become one with him. So he didn't care about position. See, once you don't care about position, you only are worried about what you do in the position you're in. You catch that? You see, if once you understand that knowing Christ and being one with him is the most important thing, then you don't worry about getting a position. You worry about only what you're doing in the position you're in. But then God might give you a new position. That's okay. Because if you cheat at this position and you get a new position, please don't praise God. Because God's not pleased. Because you missed eternity in the beginning. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. I don't know. Second Timothy. Second Timothy says this. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. Now there is a prize that awaits me. A crown of righteousness. Oh, if you don't have that crown of righteousness. Oh. You missed it all. You missed it all. You're 85 years here, max. Maybe 90, maybe 100 years here. It's all going to be wasted. Because you're not going to get the very prize that God wants you to have. I pray that you'll go after that. I pray that would be your success. Let's pray. If you're here and you don't know God, you don't, you don't know him, you're not sure you know him. You know, like Paul said, I want to know him. And, and I don't know him fully. I don't know God fully, but I, I do know he's my dad. I do know that he loves me. I do know that he holds my world in his hand. I do know that he cares about me. I do know that he'll never leave me or forsake me. I don't know much else after that, but I do know that. I do know he died for me and through him I have eternal life forever and ever and ever. If you're not sure of that, if you don't know that, I, you can know that today. You can have it today. And so as we pray, I, I just want you to raise your hand. If you say, I, wanna, I want him, I want him, I want him to be my success. I want to know him. If you want that, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here? Amen. Is there anybody else? Amen. Amen. We, I want to pray for you. Lord Jesus, we want to know you, Lord God. We want to know you in this world. We want to do eternal, thing, eternal things now. Lord, we want to have eternal success in, in our lives now. So, Father, I pray for each person who raised their hands. And if you raise your hand, I just want you to pray this prayer to yourself. 
Lord Jesus, come into my life. I want to know you. Lord, I repent. I change, Lord God. I repent and, and say, Lord, I'm not going to chase after worldly things without you in my mind. Teach me what success is, God. Teach me what success is for me. Lord, you tell me what it is. And Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And Lord, today I decide I will follow you. I will search for you. I will learn about you. For the rest of my days here on earth. If you prayed that prayer, I just want you to know that. Please come tell me. If you prayed that prayer, come and tell me. I want to help you. So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.